0: Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles, and I am joined again by Kyle Calgren.
1: Hello, I am Kyle Calgren. <laughs>
0: Uh, so as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, there was a sound issue, a recording issue with the episode that I just recorded with Bronwyn on the film Love, Wedding, Marriage. Uh, from two, th- I think that's also from 2011. So, um, great we, year for cinema. So we couldn't do that episode. It's perfectly fine. We spent most of it talking about Roseanne anyway, and the <laughs> rest of and the rest of Mandy Moore's filmography. And considering that we're definitely gonna do another Mandy. Andy Moore movie because license to wed is still trash. Um, we'll be able to talk about her another time in the meantime, we have recorded a repl- we've decided to record a replacement episode and since Bronwyn is getting out her wisdom teeth this weekend, I have brought in Mr. Kyle
1: Hello, I am Mr. Kyle. <laughs> I am here to do podcast things
0: Yes and we sat down and watched.
1: Beastly,
0: Beastly, two thousand eleven, Beastly, Beastly. Uh, Beastly, yeah, with uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Alex, what's his last name? Pettifer.
1: Alex Pettifer. Alex Pettifer. Who uh, I should mention, we watched, this, we watched this on Amazon Prime. In the starring, like he's not even listed first in his own movie. He's he is fourth build behind Vanessa Hudgens, Neil Patrick Harris, and Mary Kate Olson.
0: Yeah, well, I mean Alex Pettyfer is a guy who is known to be a non-starter. He's one of those guys that he's cursed. Film wants to happen, but it just he just never happens. He starred in um let's see I was looking for... uh, There's an article on him that I'm probably going to pull up in a second.
1: (laughs) Let's see. Just off the top of my head, uh, you mentioned he was in Magic Mike, the first one. He was in
0: the first Magic Mike. He he is the worst part of it. He almost brings down the movie, and he's also the reason why... Spoiler alert for a movie that's like... When did Magic Mike... For a movie that came out five years ago, he's the reason why Mike doesn't have the money that he needs to start his furniture store at the end of the movie, because he spends all his money trying to bail out Alex... Alex Pettifer. And it just makes me hate him because
1: Mike is the more interesting and sympathetic character in that film. Alex Pettifer also not Asked to return for the sequel
0: Nope, not in the sequel We find out that um, Magic Mike actually does get his furniture store I'm sure after having to save up After losing all of his money for that dumbass kid um, So Alex
1: Pettyfer is just making a, sp- a small career for himself Being that hateable kid in every movie with more likable people in it
0: He starred in a 2006 film called School Break It's School Breakers
1: School Breakers
0: <laughs> It's called I'll break you school It's, <clears throat> it's called Stormbreaker. And I guess that was supposed to be his breakout. I think it was based on like a
1: his storm breakout.
0: <laughs> it was based on a book series or like a book or something and it just didn't happen. And then he started in I Am Number Four, which should have like spouted a series, but it didn't happen. Then he started in Beastly, which is terrible. Then he moved on to Ruin. Well in time was already kind of ruined He kind (laughs) of ruined Magic Mike He's in The Butler for some reason Which is a film that I have not seen He (laughs) is in the, (laughs) the remake To Endless Love um, cool. and, uh, everything else, uh, he starred in Elvis and Nixon, that thing about the photo with the Elvis and the Nixon and the Michael Shannon and the guy that everyone hates now. Oh,
1: right. He, that is the guy that everyone hates now. Yeah. Yeah. Once yeah. respected actor.
0: Um, Calvin Alex, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Yes.
1: Carvin Spoocy Carvin
0: Spoocy That's definitely What his name is Um Mm -hmm. There was one other thing About Alex Pettifer That I wanted to mention In light of Everything else Um I am Kind of sure That he was An abusive boyfriend To um Diana Agron like that's the last time I heard about him Diana oh boy. Diana Agron most famous for being in glee and you know for being like as far as I can can tell a sweet lady um I can't find the exact article right now, so I will say alleged (laughs) if, if it pleases the court. But I'm pretty sure I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, he plays assholes on screen and he's an asshole in real life. Smart. Like, that's real. I would have
1: loved to go on this entire day without thinking about sexual predators and abusers. For a moment.
0: Okay, the um the <laughs> the Daily Mail article says Glee star Diana Agron terrified of ex boyfriend Alex Petty for after ugly oh split. God. That's enough for me. That's enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's good enough. Anyway, Beastly is um based on a book, uh, a 2007 book, which is an update on the Beauty, the Beauty and the Beauty and Beast, Beast the story.
1: story. Um, full disclosure, I spent like a good year and a half. Um. Shooting, writing, editing, and planning this very elaborate uh, tribute to not only the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast, but also the Jean Cocteau version of Beauty and the Beast, which I shockingly did not do a lot of research on other versions of Beauty and the Beast when I made that. I didn't even bother to watch Beastly. So this is entirely new for me, and yet familiar. Yeah. It is a tale as old as... Lack of creativity.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I'll just give you uh, a basic rundown of, plot, rundown of the plot. Uh, Alex Pettyfer uh, plays a kid who is super rich, super handsome, and who everybody loves. And his
1: name is Kyle.
0: His name is Kyle. That,
1: that fucking act. His name is Kyle. Who the fuck is named Kyle? Which
0: really offends Kyle, as you can hear. Um, <laughs> he Kyle. is he is rich, his dad is a famous television personality, he's incredibly <laughs> handsome. And his dad
1: is Narm. <laughs>
0: His dad is played by Peter Krause from the acclaimed and the wonderful Six Feet Under. Great show. You should watch it. However, you could figure out a way to get HBO. You should watch Six Feet Under. It is great. First three seasons are the best. The last couple are kind of shit. But
1: And we're stuck with the actor who uh, turned a very dramatic moment into something synonymous with comedy wrung out of Terribly dramatic moments.
0: He has a moment in the show where he has a stroke, and he said, and he he loses feeling in his arm, and he said he keeps on saying, "No arm, no arm, arm, no arm.
1: arm," and then he
0: says, "Narm, narm," and then he, you know, passes out. Um, it's I didn't know it was funny until the internet told me that it was funny, but maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, Peter Krause also on Parenthood. Also was on that Sean Deland show, The Catch, that recently got canceled. Also, the, an unworthy man dating Lauren Graham, as any man dating Lauren Graham would be. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, he, this kid, he's rich. He's he's famous. He. The film opens with him doing this like. <laughs> doing his uh, like speech like at the debates to become a school president. And he basically mm-hmm. is just like, I don't know what being a president entails. I don't care. I'm rich. You're going to vote for me. You know that I don't care. You love me anyway. Vote for me or don't. Do whatever you want. Vote I don't give Den a fuck. Vote for
1: district attorney. Like, yada, yada. Yeah,
0: it's very like... <laughs> I I don't even know... <laughs> Also, also he's introduced in the film with a song about how vain he is where they keep on saying vanity over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's like a dance number and it cuts to photos of underwear models.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised. Underwear models. I'm surprised this movie doesn't start with I'm too, too sexy, sexy for, for my, my shirt. shirt. Too sexy for my shirts. Like
1: I'm I'm just it just it's I'm a missed. Too sexy for my rose. Too sexy for my rose. Ah. So sexy it blows. <laughs> I'm too sexy for my candlestick. Se- you done? No. I will never be done.
0: Um, his one of his last lines in this speech also is, "Just vote for me because I'm better," <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> which is just. To-
1: that confidence, that level of confidence should be illegal. It should be just, like, treated like a precious commodity and only doled out to the worthy. <laughs>
0: yes. So he wins. He becomes president. And Vanessa Hudgens, who is, like, the... Um, she's Belle. Yeah, she's Belle. Her whole thing is just that, like, people don't write letters anymore and nobody believes in love anymore and nobody's nobody's honest anymore. She's just, like the most annoying girl from your high school.
1: (laughs) She doesn't believe people don't believe in love anymore because they vote for pretty people.
0: Yeah. It's such a weird, and she goes on like a weird spiel about it. Like it just seems like she's a person who like reads a lot of like classic novels and just like Mm -hmm. wants to go back to that time, but doesn't really understand the nuances of that time.
1: So a romantic. Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and in a romance movie. So, you know, that, yeah, it works.
0: Yeah, it does. But the I rest of the it. movie doesn't really work because like everybody is so blunt and the way that it's shot. You know, it doesn't you know how romances tend to be shot in like a like a warm way and like lush mm-hmm. and it, this always sunset. Yeah. It just doesn't feel this way. It feels because it's
1: shot like twilight. It's shot with that cold t- color temperature they used when shooting Twilight.
0: But at least Twilight, Twilight had like fields and like trees.
1: I mean, it was a. G- I am going to say something good about Twilight. It was a good cinematography choice because it emphasized, you know, the setting and the, the fact that, you know, the overcast skies of the Pacific Northwest were a plot point in the story. So it made sense for it diegetically to be a cooler color temperature. Here, it's cool because Twilight was successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it definitely is trying to harp on Twilight, but I think Twilight actually has a richer story and more. Can you say it again? Twilight has a richer story and... Okay,
1: I agree with you. I just wanted you to just... Say that out loud like you meant it.
0: I do. I mean it. <laughs> and um, you heard it here first. And the character development is much better. Well, it's all—it's much better in the books. A lot of things gets. I'm just saying that there are a lot of issues thematically with Twilight, but in terms yeah. of like storytelling, it's not a bad story. Honestly, this is a bad story. This is... It's very hard to be engaged because um, essentially uh, he wins president, He goes home. You get to see him be shitty to his Jamaican maid played by Lisa Gay Hamilton, who is definitely slumming it in this movie, especially with that Jamaican accent. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he like he's just like, what do you need to go home? to your like 11 children. And she's like, I have three children and they live in Jamaica because they cannot have that. I am actually a Jamaican person. It's a bad Jamaican accent. So that is what I am doing. Like, it's basically like a Drake level Jamaican accent. She's a great, <laughs> she's a great actress. She's a great actress. She is, but like, this is not, this is not good. You can just feel her just the tree children, just Jamaica, just, I just really, <laughs> I really don't like it. Well, she
1: sat down with a dialect coach and said, Ja. <laughs> like over and over again until she got it right
0: yeah it's just yeah um so you see he's mean to his black maid who's also jamaican who's also making money to support her family in jamaica wow that's a nice person to be mean to <laughs> yep. um peter kraus is also an asshole so you can tell where he gets it from and essentially he um at a it's at a dance he embarrasses um a witch played by Mary, Mary Kate, Kate Olsen. Olsen. She plays a witch named Kendra who has, who she has kind of a deformity, but I didn't really understand what it was. What is it?
1: I'm pretty sure the deformity is having hair like Coppola's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she has like an eye tattoo or something like that.
0: Yeah, she's supposed and to. And oddly
1: enough, she looks more like a witch here than her sister does playing a character named Scarlet Witch.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah it's weird because i'm just like all i can really see is that these are all like objectively beautiful white people like not gorgeous yeah not beautiful to me but like to really anybody else and anyone who like runs a fashion Two magazine
1: general like, markets to general to markets. To so it's
0: yeah it's very strange um so she puts a curse on Alex Pettifer, and basically turns him into...
1: Okay, I guess this is the part where we just share roasts of this guy's makeup.
0: He just looks like a white rapper.
1: He looks like Eminem if he agreed to be a map of Middle Earth. <laughs> he looks like an X-Man whose superpower is growing mold. He
0: looks like an, He looks like an EDM version of Mr. Hyde.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he looks like like blue cheese um badly served. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a shade of purple away from being a level 1 World of Warcraft character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a mistake that you make in like baking class. <laughs> There's, um, you, what you're hearing is, um, Kyle's mic stand shaking because he is laughing. <laughs> so,
1: sorry about that. You got any more? Got any more? Uh, no. I mean, like. We need more. This could be the rest of the episode. Uh,
0: d- he just, like, the thing about it is, is that he's still, like. He could have very easily been the rapper in spring breakers. Like he could have been James
1: Franco in spring Breakers. <laughs> he looks like he built an identity out of himself, um, entirely out of being struck by lightning as a kid.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, he just doesn't come off as ugly. He just comes off as like edgy. Like I'm surprised that he doesn't have like a fan club of goth girls in this movie. Mm. it's it's very strange
1: hashtag so deep Uh, scars run so deep
0: so he um because he is ugly his dad just like quote unquote ugly he his dad just like leaves him in this house and it's just like oh yeah i'm gonna visit all the time and like we're all we're gonna hang out together and then he basically like abandons his child with With his with his Jamaican housekeeper and a blind Neil Patrick Harris,
1: who's here for some reason?
0: Who's here for some reason? Yeah,
1: it's Uh, like cool, Neil. Um. Neil Patrick
0: Harris. Neil Patrick Harris is who you like. I this was before there was a Beauty and the Beast live action movie, of course, (laughs) because that came out this year. Yeah. Um. But Neil Patrick Harris is like who you would get. For a live-action Beauty and the Beast like the Disney one so that he can sing and be whimsical. Yeah, it's, he
1: would have been a great, um, Candelabra.
0: Yeah, it's it's very... Lumiere.
1: I can't believe I forgot the name of the Disney character.
0: It's very weird for him to be here because, like, he was this weird thing in the early 2010s. I felt the same way about Neil Patrick Harris in Gone Girl, where he's just doing this, like, restrained, quiet performance. And it just doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. him being so quiet makes me think he's going to kill someone.
1: That's where I thought it was going (laughs) to (laughs) go.
0: Like if he just like turned out to be a villain and then like, you know, perfect sense. Oh yeah. And especially like if he like had like a flamboyant transformation where he just like (laughs) revealed a purple robe and like,
1: he was Gaston the whole time.
0: Yes. 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 That would have been great. Neil Patrick
1: Harris would be a great Gaston. Oh yeah. In
0: terms of like, like, if he was
1: reimagined as like a foppish, you know, Ancien regime uh, nobleman. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. The thing like he the- was trying to seduce Madame de Pompadour. This movie does not have a Gaston. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is the magic mirror. Yeah. He is the magic mirror. He shows the beast himself.
0: Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, how do- So, how does this work as an adaptation
1: of the story? Of the story of Beating the Beast? Yes. Um. Well, I'd have to go back to what I wrote on um, the other versions. Uh, the original sto- version of Beauty and the Beast was not about the Beast. It was about Belle. It was about Belle learning to, to see him as a good person and to overcome her own prejudices and to um, see that he was good all the time. Like this, this idea that he was a terrible person and they inverted his ugliness to make him appear ugly on the outside as he was on the inside. That's something new that's pretty recently Disney-ish and it makes it, it puts the onus of the story on the beast. It becomes the Beast's journey to be a better person instead of Belle's journey to see the good person that he always was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, Belle is not this Vanessa Hudgens version of Belle is just not really developed in this movie. Like she's nice. She's nice. But like everything that she does is like a function of the men in her life. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. the reason why she ends up with Alex Pettyfer is because her dad is a drug addict who mm-hmm. gets into a fight with robbers or maybe people who that he owes money to? The movie makes it very unclear, and the scene goes yeah. by very quickly. But yeah, it finds out that her dad is just like dangerous and 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 in trouble for his life, and she's in danger when she's with him. And can Alex, we actually do a
1: play by play of the scene where this happens because it's just so shittily blocked?
0: You go for it. Okay, you, you do it.
1: Okay, the play by play was, um, uh. Bisto man, Bisto blue cheese man is stalking <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, who's on her way home to see her dad. They are caught in a back alley by two very baby-faced street toughs. Um, like these kids look like straight A students. They just, they're just very badly cast as people <laughs> robbing people in a back alley. And um, one of them pulls a gun on the guy and blue cheese beast. Um. We just keep calling him that? Yeah, <laughs>
0: please go for it.
1: Blue Cheese Beast um, uh, beats up one of the guys, takes, wha- whacks the gun out of his hand, and then spirits Vanessa Hudgens away to be kept for safekeeping or something. And while he is gone, um, Vanessa Hudgens' dad picks up the gun and shoots one of the kids. And the other kid swears vengeance before running away. Oh my God. And, the, and Blue Cheese Beast comes out and sees them right after this happened, right after the gunshot went off and right as the guy is saying, I will, I will avenge my brother. And that that's the scene that brings... Bell, the bell analog to the beast analog.
0: Yeah, he was just like, he basically like walks up to her dad and is just like, let me have her like, let me take her home. And it's let me
1: be her witness protection program. Yeah. (laughs) This is this is what the movie is.
0: The movie is. Yeah, he just basically
1: someone thought that would be a good way to to advance the story. A
0: kid just drops out someone of Someone
1: was paid to write that.
0: A kid just drops out of school because he's ugly and <laughs> spends a year cuz that's cuz that's the curse. It's like he has a year to get someone to tell him to to get someone to say I love you. That was the that was the thing that Mary Kate put on him. So he spends a year out of school being
1: ugly. Being ugly and being a Being a roadmap of Terabithia.
0: (laughs) And just getting tutored by Neil Patrick Harris and slowly learning how not to be racist to his Jamaican maid. (laughs) And like... And, like, trying to fall in love with Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens, who does not know that he's the same guy who was a dick to her at school. Right, he
1: changes his name.
0: Yes, he changes his name. He's Hunter now. Yes, he changes his name from Kyle to Hunter.
1: Because Kyle is a pretty person name. Hunter. Hunter is dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See this? It's the skin of a killer, Bell. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens. You
0: know why I wear this hat. <laughs> like, he might as well... <laughs> Yeah, and he's constantly wearing a hoodie. Like, I keep on waiting for him to pick up a mic. This whole movie, just like wrap your feelings. Mom spaghetti, mom spaghetti.
1: Mom spaghetti.
0: <laughs> yes, but it
1: never. Vomiting on a sweater already.
0: <laughs> yes, but it never happens. Why? Like, if this movie and it turned into like a mystical. But on the
1: surface, he looks like mom spaghetti.
0: Yes, yes. What did this turn into like a mystical eight mile? <laughs> 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 i'd be more interested in it so yeah i mean that's basically the movie he's just like trying to woo her his dad basically leaves the movie like his dad just doesn't return until the very end and like there are times when like he like goes to mary kate and it's just like i understand things now please reverse it and she's just like no i'm not and also as the seasons change the, he this- has a
1: he has a clock he has a- she tattooed a clock onto his <laughs> arm. That's basically what it is. It's it's a tree which creates another tree at its roots. It's like an hourglass of a tree. And as the seasons change, the leaves and such go from one tree to the other. So during the fall, the leaves turn red and fall onto the, the other tree. It becomes a Christmas tree. It blooms in spring. It grows green in summer.
0: And this whole time, we're just stuck with Alex Pettifer, who has really the eyes of a serial killer, and I just have no interest in him. He just has, he has no charm. Like, after this, I'm going to watch Endless Love, because I want to see if there's any charm in him, because I did not see any in this movie. I just did not see any in this film.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw a schematic diagram for a radio in him.
0: <laughs> oh wait, talk about his, his eyebrows.
1: Talk about his eyebrows. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. So, the design they went for him was a series of like long gashes, like with a with a kitchen knife just sprinkled about along with several raised veins that look, I don't know, silver in certain light and blue in others. And also his eyebrows are Arabic. His eyebrows, he has no eyebrows, but instead he has tattooed in place of eyebrows arabic script i i don't know i don't read arabic but i would have liked to think that they read like left eyebrow and right eyebrow
0: <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry i just i just got lost i got lost i spaced out.
1: you're on your phone
0: i am looking up something important okay. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh, if you're if you're wondering who Kyle is, Kyle is my boyfriend. Isn't he great? Yeah. Isn't Hi. he nice? Isn't he? Isn't he a nice boyfriend? Yeah. Don't you don't you support the way that
1: he shames me for looking on my phone? I was. I you were. This is bad audio. I'm I'm trying to reach out to you. <laughs> what? Because I love you and I want to you know riff this movie with you. <laughs> I Come mean, back.
0: No, I am here. I just couldn't like I, I couldn't see them. That's why I had you roast them because I couldn't get a really good look at them. I couldn't <laughs> really understand. I mean, like his whole like thing. Like you really need a magnifying glass to really like see like w- everything that's going on. Like obviously somebody put thought into this, but they didn't think what are people in the movie theater going to see? And it's just a guy with some marks. Like he has boo boos. He has boo boos <laughs> all over himself.
1: He has very well well designed boo-boos. They could you could walk into a tattoo parlor and just come out with something very much like that.
0: Yeah, this They was... were very
1: artfully designed and very very carefully placed, and you know, there was there's something graceful about them. Marketable even.
0: This director, um, cause it, it was done. This was all done. This was not done by committee. This was done by one guy. Um, the tour <laughs> his name is Daniel Barnes. He has also directed a film called Phoebe in Wonderland that I hear is good. It was kind of like Elle Fanning's coming out. Like, it's like, Oh, Dakota's getting a little old. Now we got L Elle, and Elle's becoming more famous than Dakota. If I were Dakota, I'd be pissed. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm pissed for
0: Cause L gets better movies than Dakota ever did. Did you notice that?
1: <laughs> no i
0: didn't yeah (laughs) yeah although Elle is playing like a trans person soon so that's gonna be fun times and she's also in the new woody allen movie at least at least dakota's never been in a woody allen movie she's in a movie coming up where she dates jude law she plays a 17 year old who dates jude law or 15 i can't remember Oh, oh, yes. Bad. No, it's bad. Bad, um, bad. This director also directed uh, Won't Back Down, which is the thing with Maggie Joan Hall and Viola Davis when their are moms that are fighting for something. I don't know, because I didn't watch it, um, and I feel bad about that. And uh, Cake, which is the movie, um, the serious movie that was supposed to get Jennifer Aniston an acting award, and it didn't. Um, <laughs> so I'll
1: take your word for it. Never heard of it.
0: Cake? It's it's on Netflix. It's it's one there of those. There are a lot of things
1: on Netflix that I haven't heard of.
0: It's one of those things that like was like thing. It's like oh Jennifer Aniston is going to look unattractive. And, oh, that
1: cheap thing. And yeah. she's
0: gonna. Uh... Actually, can we
1: just deconstruct how this movie perceives unattractiveness? Yes. Um. Just this sea of lithe, muscular, sinewy. Demigods
0: Yeah like there's no one in this movie Who is who is actually unattractive Like not a single person Like not even the extras are unattractive Yeah it's just
1: the sea of Of marketable fuckability
0: Yeah. I can't
1: believe I said that out loud.
0: Yeah, and and that's another reason why it doesn't really work, because, like, I just don't believe, like, Alex Pettyfer. while I'm sure that he is an ugly human being and not that great of an actor, he is objectively handsome, and his boo-boos don't change
1: that. They're not even boo-boos. I mean, the elephant man just I, if he was done up like the elephant man or something like, if he, like like if he had some like terrible physical deformity that actually hindered the way he interacted with the world
0: like something. let's think of films where where it's actually an issue like there's the elephant man of course you know john hurt yep. there's there's mask with eric Stoltz, where he has the kind of like his kind of like has a very large head i don't know have you ever seen mask
1: Um, not all the way through no
0: you know it's really good it's real good um yeah. Or and, similar
1: things, um, and
0: also there's that new movie that's coming out with Jacob Tremblay called um, Wonder, where he's def- where he has a deformed face, and he's a he's a it's oh, the trailer made me cry. It's just about a kid with just this deformed. Oh yeah, you saw the trailer. Yeah, I was in the theater yeah, with you. Well, no, I the first time I saw it, which was before the Mountain Between Us, it made me cry. Mm. And then I teared up a second time, but I didn't, like, full-on cry. But, yeah, the whole thing's about will other kids like me because of my face? And, like, that actually makes sense because there's something deformed about his face. Like, I understand the mm-hmm. drama.
1: Exactly, and then even things, like, related to that, I guess would be films about people, like, with disabilities. What's what's it? Not The Squid and the Whale. um, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. I think... Fits in that thematically because it's about someone who can't communicate because it's about someone who is fundamentally cut off from a major avenue of human interaction.
0: Never seen that movie. How is it?
1: It's great. It's great. Okay. It's mostly from that man's perspective, so it's about him learning how to communicate with the world. Okay. Um, okay. And I mean, just knowing that movies like Beastly are out there just. It's almost offensive.
0: Yeah, it it is offensive. It's very like a teen it's very like it's supposed to it's, it's like a, a
1: shallow s- idea of what Perceived ugliness is about what the actual realities, the actual ter- terrible realities of being marginalized in society.
0: It's yeah, it, and I think it's just because they wanted to make him look attractive to teenage girls, and so it's almost just like they didn't take the movie seriously by making him look this attractive in the first place because they were worried. And we had the same issue with um the CW tried to reboot B- Beauty and the Beast, and it was a very <laughs> similar thing with um Beauty and the Beast is in the um.
1: The, Ron Perlman version.
0: Yes, Ron Perlman and um, Linda, Linda Hamilton, Hamilton yeah. Linda Hamilton, which is which is a show that I've watched a lot about and have a lot of affection for. But you know, he looks like a straight up giant cat in the '80s version of that show, yeah. and in the CW version. It's just like they're so obsessed with us being able to see his face that he just does not look like a beast. And it's just this idea mm-hmm. that like teenage girls are not going to be into it if he doesn't, if he doesn't if you
1: can't see part of his face. And the thing about it is that if te- I w- if I was Ron Perlman, I would be really, really pissed.
0: The thing about <laughs> it is though, is that teenage girls? Have been into the Beast from the original Beauty and the from the from the Disney Beauty and the Beast forever. Teenage Uh girls do not care. I'm sure teenage girls were writing for Ron Perlman Beast. Like, yeah, this I there's this idea that like teenage girls are too shallow to be into someone who doesn't look like a model but that's not true teenage girls especially the alt girls and you're courting alt girls with this story you're courting girls like me who like read like Anne rice and shit that's who you're courting we don't care about looks that way and it's almost just like studios don't take (laughs) us seriously Mm -hmm. and like don't believe that like (laughs) we could just love a character And I mean, that's the other issue is, is that this character is not well-written. So there's just nothing to love. And I'd love to know like if the book was any good or if they just made the book into a movie to capitalize on it and didn't check to see if the book was good because Twilight was one of the most popular book series ever. It was very, very popular when they decided to make films. Harry Potter was very popular when they decided to make films. I think a lot of the issue with, especially in, the early 2010s and late 2000s, the issue was is that they were just turning YA books into films without asking, do teenagers care? And a lot of the time, they just didn't.
1: Well, that's true of a lot of major Hollywood trends. It's always about, it's more about branding and cultivating an audience than it is about quality of whatever source material you're grabbing. It's true of YA novels. It's true of superheroes. It was true of monster movies in the 30s. It will always be true.
0: Yeah, like uh, you take something like uh, 13 Reasons Why, which I think 13 Reasons Why the book was written like I think 7 to 10 years ago. I'm not 100% sure on the date. Mm -hmm. Any kid who was into 13 Reasons Why the book is an adult now. There was yeah. no audience for that show. And yeah. so you just had a bunch of angry adults just like kids can't watch this because it's too fucked up. And it was mm-hmm. and it was very controversial when it came out too for those reasons. And it just it almost seems irresponsible that they made it into a show.
1: Yeah, um like since 1930s monster movies we've we've been doing this. We've been mindlessly chasing trends without looking at the quality. Of, I mean, we're checking off boxes. Yeah. It is, I'll admit, making a Beauty and the Beast adaptation for a young adult audience in 2011 sounds like a great idea. I would green like that. If I wanted to make money at a studio, I would totally green like that. I wouldn't even look at a script
0: yeah and it's clear that no one really did because like this like as much as i think this is just not a good cast like even in 2011 like vanessa hudgens was a was a draw because of her relationship with zach efron on and off screen mm-hmm. whenever vanessa hudgens was in something without zach efron during this time she didn't do well and whenever zach efron was in a thing without vanessa hudgens he did fine and i think that that was kind of when we realized that Zach Efron was the star and Vanessa Hudgens wasn't because she can't really carry a film without him. I mean, and I feel weird. She can't
1: carry a film by herself.
0: She, she yeah, she cannot carry She's a, a
1: wonderful supporting player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was in, I think she was in another movie around this time called band slam that I didn't even see. And well, I don't when think was anybody Spring
1: breakers. Was it the year after this?
0: I don't know. I don't keep track of that. I refuse to watch it. Um, Spring Breakers is a you film that I... would
1: disp- There's just nothing about it. I would just be cleaning pieces of you off the wall after you explode from watching it.
0: It's just made up of things that I'm just not interested in, and it's not even that I hate Harmony kareen I've always like found him fascinating as an artist and as a human being, but at the end of the day, he's just like probably like a shitty white boy who wears like Hawaiian shirts and like smokes three cigarettes at a time, and I just don't have time for that, and I don't have to support that.
1: Yeah, that's. That's my impression too. <laughs> I just see him as a guy who turns his films into more working vacations with a bunch of cool people that he likes.
0: It's like they're like they're like art projects. And like I like I appreciate well, that the yeah, art is in but, the world, but like like no, but I what I mean by an art project is just like it's like he's still sometimes I feel like he's still he just seems like he's in film school. Like his entire career is just that he's in film school. Like, let's see if I, I can do this. I honestly
1: respect that. I respect that he can just find the fun in his work. And I can tell that he has fun on his shoots at he the does. very least. Um, I don't think he thinks about the consequences of the images that he makes, but no,
0: like, especially if we're talking about trash humpers,
1: <laughs> I should actually, I've been thinking about doing a redux video on trash humpers for the longest time. You should. Cause it's basically creepy pasta. He just invented creepy pasta on his own <laughs> independent of the internet.
0: Uh, yeah uh so do you have any more i mean th- beastly goes the way that you think it is you know they fall in love despite everything and they get back together i mean they 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 like officially get together and he gets to be handsome again and the film ends with
1: and by handsome we mean he looks like a guy from twilight right he looks like what's his name the the southerner with the harpo mark's hair
0: uh Rathburn. Yes. Something Rathburn.
1: Rathburn, Basil Rathburn.
0: Um and so uh it ends with um Mary Kate gets an internship at the studio that um that Peter Kraus works at. And, you know, Peter Krause is like just as bad as his son was at the beginning of the movie. And there's this weird idea that, oh, she's going to she's, she's going to make him poor. Or she's going to make she's going to get Mary-Kate's going to get him. And then like the film ends when you're like watching her like platform shoes, like click on the floor. And this is
1: right after we get the happy ending where Neil Patrick Harris gets his sight back. And the Jamaican oh, yes, Neil Patrick Harris back. gets a
0: sight back. And we
1: decide to end on Mary-Kate Olsen. Threatening to um Ebenezer Scrooge, this, this guy's father for being <laughs> a shallow asshole. <laughs> look she, at, look he, at, just, he, she is all three ghosts visiting him in one night.
0: <laughs> How's Mary Kate in this movie? What's your
1: Um She's she uh um she is a good business person (laughs) like we were talking about this before we started um recording this but mary-kate and ashley olsen could go down in history as some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the history of economics mary-kate
0: and ashley olsen are giovanni
1: de medici john jacob astor andrew carnegie bill gates the Olsen Twins.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. And if you're wondering, we are going to do an Olsen Twins movie on this show because almost, you are. almost. Oh, yes. Me and Bronwyn will be doing it because almost all of their movies are rom coms in some way. But they just built rom-coms an empire
1: out of a. They built an empire out of a four year old child saying, "You got it, dude." <sighs> Andrew Carnegie struck oil, monetized it. Jacob, John Jacob Astor made money off of rent. Bill Gates found a market in selling copies of circuitry. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen built an empire out of two kids saying, you got it, dude, on camera. That is just, they are Midas.
0: <laughs> These
1: children are just twin King Midases.
0: Anyway, they did more than that. <laughs> they did a lot. They created a lot they, of films. Exactly.
1: That's how. But that was like the motherlode. That was the the thing that they, the ocean of oil that they struck upon and uh, used to build their fortune. Okay. Saying you got it, dude, and being cute.
0: You know, they were also on two other sitcoms. Like later in life, they were on. They were on one called um two of a kind and another one called so little time and i watched both of them
1: late capitalism is the weirdest fucking thing
0: <sighs> so 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 which movie is better this or the 2017 live action beauty and the beast
1: uh the live action beauty and the beast because it had it reminded me of a better version of beauty and the beast at the very least Ah, okay. It had songs from a version that I really, really love.
0: Yes, and this and this movie just had like "Death Cab for Cutie" and <laughs> other and other yes. stuff <laughs> on the soundtrack. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a bad movie. I hate
1: my life. Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> my skin is bad. I look so crap. I need to get. Vanessa Hudgens booty. I hate my life. I'm beastly and I'm cute. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry.
0: That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that that's a great note to end on. So this was another bonus episode with with Kyle Calgren, who you should watch on his show. Um, Browse held high. It is on it is on the YouTube. It is He's, on
1: YouTube.com.
0: Yes, he is very good. Uh, any last words? Or do you just want to end on that song?
1: Tale his oldest time. You know the words. <laughs> Sing with me.
0: Uh, singing. Mm,
1: that's kind of his thing. oldest song. Barely Early even, even friends. friends. Then somebody, somebody bends. bends. On, ex- wait, no. I got it wrong. Learning you were wrong.
0: (laughs) Beauty and the Beast. Alex Pretty Fur. (laughs) I'm Jordan Sorles. I'm Kyle Calgren. Bye, guys.
1: Bid them adieu. Bonjour! (laughs) Bonjour, 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 bonjour! And cut. (laughs)